And welcome to episode 6 of 21st Century Boys. It's Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And we're going to be talking about what we've been reading for the last, I think, three or four weeks. It's been a while since we've recorded. I know we uh, didn't get around to mentioning last time that we had gone to the Marvel exhibit in the Museum of Science and Industries in Chicago. That was really cool. Got to see a lot of original art and got to see a lot of, like, the Marvel MCU costumes. Yeah. What was your favorite thing there, Jack? Uh, I liked near the end where they showed like a bunch of like lesser known characters and stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like the newer characters in the Marvel universe. Um, I would say the thing that I probably liked the best was all the original art. I know there was a piece from the original Marvel comics from the 40s. So that was super impressive. All the detail work that they uh, Bill Everett did in that was really, really impressive. But that was really cool. We uh, got around to seeing Shang-Chi last week. Yeah. What did you think movie. of that one? Yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. So anyway, we'll get started. Jack's going to go first. He's got a little bit more red this week than I've got. So, Jack, what was first up? Recently, uh, during my free time at school, I have been rereading Scott Pilgrim. Now, Scott Pilgrim is one of my favorite series of all time. I've read it multiple times. It's probably like my fifth or sixth reread, and I really enjoy it. I would recommend it the most of anything I've talked about. It is very good. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get around to rereading those at some point. Are you doing black and white or the color versions? Uh, or? Black and white and then the color with the ones uh, that I have. Okay. Because I only have certain color ones. And you've got all of them in black and white? Yes. Very cool. All right. Well, um, first one up I have this week is She's Josie. This is one I've been talking about online a little bit with uh, our buddies Bronze Age Baby and Comics in the Golden Age. She's Josie is a digest-sized uh, collection. Uh, various artists written by Frank Doyle. It collects the issues one through seven. So before she joined the Pussycats, she was just Josie. Uh, Melody's here, as well as her best friend Pepper. And the Nemeses, Alex and Alexandria Cabot, are kind of like the rich kids in this one. You know, like Veronica is to Archie and Betty in the Archie comics. And her boyfriend, Albert, he's kind of like this beatnik, which is funny. I don't even know what people... uh, If people know what beatniks are anymore... Um, but the most unusual thing I found in these, uh, they were told in long story form. Usually you think of Archie is like, you know, six pager, eight pager, ten pager, and it's done. These were like that, but it was almost like chapters. So there would be an overarching theme in all of them. Chapters, you know, they could stand alone, but they also work together to tell a full story. Uh, Daphne, I would say my favorite character probably was Pepper. She's super smart and witty. Melody is pretty funny basically all the boys are chasing after her and sometimes it's not always in a manner that i think would fly in this era but these stories are like you know close to 50 years old it's really good stuff especially for the price um i think it's like about 10.99 from archie comics so i would recommend this for archie fans josie fans and fans in general if uh, people want something kind of light-hearted I think I've said it before, if not on this show, on Comics in the Golden Age for sure. Archie to me is like just, you know, comfort food. Grilled cheese sandwich or something with a a bowl of tomato soup. It's good stuff. Okay, another book I've read is Gorillas Rise of the Ogre. Gorillas is a, a, like, cartoon band from, like, the early 2000s. They're still making music today. 
and this book came out around the time that they were just starting. I think it's like the after the first two volumes. Okay. I really enjoyed it. It um is about like the characters are like fictional. They're like fictional characters for the band. Right. And this basically details like their backstory and stuff. The first half is great. The second half though, this book is three hundred pages of just like just reading. And uh the second half focuses more on how they made the stuff than the backstories and it's just too much for me <laughs> i read it all but gotcha. it it drags on for a little bit too long sure, sure sure that being said if you do like the band i definitely recommend it it's very good cool so it's kind of one of those you get into the deep cuts it's more for someone who's like a hardcore fan yeah i'd say know. so okay um, over Manga Cast recently covered Eden Zero, and it was one I was like, oh, maybe I should revisit it. So I did. Eden Zero volumes one through three, and, uh, and actually ended up doing the fourth one as well. It came in at the library the other day. Uh, those are by Hiro Mashima, uh, probably best known to people as the mangaka behind Fairy Tale. So I initially uh, read volume one a while back, and I liked it okay. But you can't read and buy everything, and it just wasn't one that really grabbed me. So I didn't stick with it. Um, Fairy Tale was one also I like fine. I've never gotten super far with it, whether the anime or the manga. I've probably read the first volume twice, and I've probably seen that first episode probably like five or six times. Anyhow, uh, social media is creating stars through these kind of B-cubes cast. I can't remember if that was exactly the word they use, but basically to become a social media star, you would record off this little cube. And Rebecca is one of these people who wants to become like a huge star on uh, social media. And Happy, a familiar cat from Fairy Tale, is kind of her co-host. So in an attempt to boost the ratings, they go to this robot run theme park. And the only living person there is this kid, Shiki. And they pick him up, and they head off on adventures. Um, series really picks up as it goes along. It starts a little slow, but by the, the third or so volume, it really found its stride, and I was starting to enjoy it. The first three volumes are on Comixology Unlimited. That's $5.99 a month. It's a pretty good deal. Still not as good of a deal as Shonen, but not bad. And my library had them as well. So, you know, it's something that you can pick up pretty cheap. Uh, had some fun appearances. Uh, fairy tale characters popped in and out. There seemed to be like a Scott Summers, you know, Cyclops uh, appearance as well. Uh, it's an adventure manga. It's got a good chunk of, a chunk of fan service in it, though. So I would say it's pretty much teenage and older book. It had a good heart. And so I would say, especially if you don't have to spend a lot of money on it, it's worth a look. Okay. I recently got the physical volumes of Dog Ninjin. Uh, they went back in stock, and this is a series I've talked about before, before, but I'll talk about it again. It is very funny. Not for everybody, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, and these are like black and white manga size? Yeah, black yeah. and white manga size. Now, is, is it American or Japanese? Oh, uh, yeah, it is written by American people. Okay. It is kind of like a webcomic, but they are trying to make it more like a manga. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, very funny, not for everyone, but if you want to check it out, they're over there. Cool. Uh, next one up I read is The Witcher, The Witcher's Lament, and this is a mini-series from Dark Horse. It hasn't been collected yet. It should be collected later on this year, and I'm going to butcher this name, but it's Bartosz Sadabor, 
uh, Vanessa Del Rey and Jodie Belair on it. So what happens when you do the wrong thing is kind of the question that pops up in this. Uh, Geralt is a uh, witcher and he's kind of like a mercenary bounty hunter kind of guy and he's turned in a witch and on his way out she's burned at the stake for what she's supposedly done. But after he's done this job, he keeps having visions and this voice is in his head and he just feels troubled from it. Um, and this is just one of those things you learn, the trouble of being a person who does deeds for money, what if you have a conscience about it and you find out what you have done are uh, sometimes when you're aiding someone or chosen some uh, someone, it may be the wrong side of actual where your conscience or your morals lie. So this is a really good mini, and like I say, it's going to be collected for sale in December. I would definitely say if you've checked out the Witcher novels or the the series on Netflix, I think you would enjoy this. It was, it was super well done, and I'm really looking forward to more Witcher stories. Okay. I recently read the newest chapters of One Punch Man okay. to get caught up again. Uh, the recent arc is uh, focusing more on like the characters besides Saitama. Because it's getting more serious, and because there's not really much you can do with Saitama, and then he'll defeat everyone in one punch. Right. And in the end, if they want to make it more serious, they have to focus on other characters. And it's been very good so far. Uh, it just keeps getting better, and I'd say it's one of the best ones going on. It's on the Shonen Jump app. Uh, yep. Very good. Two bucks a month. Best deal in comics. Mm -hmm. uh, Department of Truth from Image Comics. This is uh, James Tynan the Fourth and. Martin Simmons. So um, the book kicks off right away. There's been uh, an assassination, and it's a very famous one. It's the Kennedy assassination. And they're in the interview room with Lee Harvey Oswald, and uh, one of the things that gets said is down is up and up is down. So we go to present day, and there's this agent. His name's Cole, and he's meeting a not-dead Lee Harvey Oswald, who was alive and well and setting up meetings at the Library of Congress, apparently. Lee Harvey wants to recruit Agent Cole to the Department of Truth. We learn that what matters when it comes to truth isn't what happened, but what most people believe happened. Several conspiracy, uh, conspiracies are discussed. Obama's birth, you know, there was the big, you know, where was he born at? Kennedy's assassination. There's the rumor that Earth, the Earth is flat. Uh, the lunar landing was staged. And the one that I actually found most distressful is apparently there's a conspiracy that um, school shootings don't actually happen, that they're staged. Uh, and that one really struck me, the story about the mother. She's um, kind of gaslit into believing her son is alive and that he was never actually killed in a school shooting. So um, the other thing they uh, talk about is Cole himself was exposed to the satanic panic of the 1980s. And to talk about, you know, what exactly was that and the conspiracy about and ultimately, the uh, satanic panic is what gets him to agree to join the department so he can figure out what actually happened to him in the 80s as a child. Uh, this book kind of messed with me. Um, some of these theories that I got exposed to for the first time, like the gun one, were pretty horrible. And, you know, I was just really kind of bummed to even know that people thought that enough so that, you know, it would be part of this book. That said, I'm really looking forward to the next volume. And this is one of the entry books where they do five issues for $9.99. Highly recommended. It's best way to spend 10 bucks on comics is some of these intro volumes from Image. And this is one I would highly recommend. And that's Department of Truth, Volume 1. 
one title I have read on the DC Universe app is Let Them Live. It is a newer one. It only has six volumes. It is, like, a bunch of just short, like, contained in each volume, like, DC stories. Uh, and, like, Ambush Bug is, like, narrating them all and stuff. Fine, I love uh, Ambush Bug. It is very good. Like, all the stories are very well illustrated, written, and just fun to read. And I recommend it a lot. It's definitely one of my favorites going on. Cool. And, yeah, we, we uh, recently re-upped the DC Universe app. So that's a that's a seven ninety nine a month. Uh, you don't have everything from DC, but they've got a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. And uh, some of the books... Like, I believe the Milestone ones are actually debuting there. So sometimes you have digital first stuff that hasn't even hit print yet. Yeah, Let Them Live is one of them. Yeah, very cool. So I'm going to tell a quick story about my mom. And this is one my friends probably know pretty well. And I'm sure Jack has probably heard it as well. My mother is not a fan of comics. My mother never liked the fact that I read comics. My mother was one of those people who would grab comics sometimes and like, oh, this is inappropriate and take it away from me. I know like Scarlet Witch was one I was not allowed to have because it had a witch in it. One time I remember talking to her and she literally said these words, comics were something I burned in the 50s. So I was like, what does that mean? So I've always been a little bit fascinated with the pre-comics code comics. So I made a point to read about the um, Senate hearings, about uh, the comic books. Uh, if you ever want to hear like the best podcast ever, Chris and Reggie, Weird Comics History, did a series about the Kefauver hearings. That's what you should listen to. I'm reading a book right now, Tencent Plague, which deals with uh, the crisis that almost killed off the comic book industry and apparently my mom was happily part of it anyway that said let's focus on some old comics that my mom would have hated and one of the first ones i read was a crime does not pay primer blackjack and pistol whipped so what i'm going to do for a couple of these today because i'm stealing this from manga explaining what they do is just kind of read the back matter and it can give you as as, as good of a background on it as i can so this is what it says about Blackjack and Pistol Whipped. Gangsters, kidnappers, maniacal killers, and thugs of all stripes had their lurid stories recounted in Crime Does Not Pay, a seminal 40s comic book series. Bob Wood, its editor, brutally murdered his girlfriend. This is a true story. He really did. Did prison time and then was murdered himself. This fascinating sidebar is described in an essay by cartoonist, historian, and co-editor Dennis Kitchen, featuring thrilling, disturbing, and brutal tales Despicable characters, crime does not pay, enthralled a nation. With a claimed readership of over 5 million, at one point it was the most popular comic book of its day. The series was a favorite target of Dr. Frederick Wortham and other censors, and is partially responsible for the creation of the Comics Code Authority. Yet it was an inspiration for Harvey Kurtzman's reality-based EC Comics. We'll be getting there in a little bit. See why this series was revered and reviled. So... That's the back matter. What is it actually like to read this? So these are basically kind of like cautionary tales. They're true crime tales about mobsters and gangsters during the 1930s and 40s. Some of the cartooning is mixed bag. It's Golden Age comics, sometimes it can be a little primitive or it can be a little cartoony. But I, I really, for the most part, thought it was up to par or better than as much as the, the stuff DC was doing at the time. 
Um, some of it was shocking, and some of it seemed kind of tame. I know that seems kind of willy-nilly. Let's say you've read Preacher or Walking Dead or seen some of the violence in a modern comic. That, this, the violence, for the most part, isn't shocking. Who the violence is done to can be shocking. There was, like, women and children being attacked in a very violent manner. And, it, you know, you might see, like, literally a kid getting killed on a page. And that's the kind of thing that really struck me. Like, okay, that kind of stuff would not fly in books these days. I think it was a great intro into uh, learning about that era of comics. Some of my favorite stories were the H.H. H. Holmes one. And that was about the guy in Chicago who kind of built this crazy castle that he would kill folks in. And Dutch Schultz had a nearsighted trigger man. And um, that one was pretty, actually almost funny. Because, like, literally he'd be like, oh, my glasses, like an episode of Scooby-Doo. And he'd just start randomly shooting the wrong people. And so I don't know if they, this was, I don't know how many liberties were taken by the authors at the, the time. But it, it was, it made it entertaining. So this is from Dark Horse. Uh, it's 1999. Uh, so basically, you know, I would say this is one worth uh, picking up, and you should try it out. Uh, another series I read off of DC Universe is Titans United. This is the newest Teen Titans series. It only has one volume. Oh man, this is one I'm really wanting to read. Uh, yeah. Cool, I'm excited I to hear what you have to say. it started where the last uh, Titan series ended. Okay. Is it started off without really an introduction of the characters or anything. But so far, from what I've read, it's very good. Uh, the art's great, very colorful. It's just very good. Like, I recommend it. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's one I'm looking forward to, uh, one I've got on pre-order. So, like I said, we were going to talk a little bit about EC Comics. Um, EC is kind of like the big, big daddy of the EC, of the publishers from the pre-Comics Code era that you know got in a lot of hot water. So, the first thing I read from them is EC Archives: Tales from the Crypt, Volume One, and this covers Crypt of Terror 17 through 19, and Tales from the Crypt. 20 through 22. And once again, I'm going to read the back matter because I, I think it sums it up really nice. So EC Comics, also called Entertaining Comics, were all published from the late 1940s until around 1956 when the Comic Code Authority whitewashed all comic books to remove all themes of horror and violence. Psychiatrist Frederick Wortham and Senator Estes Kefauver's Committee on Juvenile Delinquency attacked horror comics as the causes of the rise in juvenile delinquency and crime by minors. These comic books were accused of having no redeeming value to society and were effectively banned by the action of these groups in creating the Comics Code. EC Comics were superior to other comics of the 1950s because of higher quality of writing and artwork, and they were widely imitated by other publishers. Subject matter for EC Comics were horror, science fiction, slash fantasy, crime stories, war stories, and stories with a social message that generally had a twist or a shock ending. This volume reprints the first... Excuse me, first six complete issues, so it's got 24 stories of the comic book's tales from the crypt originally published in 1950 and features classic horror stories of vampires, werewolves, ghouls, and monsters in the vein of the early Dracula, Frankenstein, and Wolfman movies. The title was EC's bestseller and, as many of you know, later became a famous television show and spun off a couple of movies. So, what's it like? Well, like I said, most of these are... The early ones, especially, seem to be kind of like uh, twist-ending stories. 
A lot of them felt like straight up crime stories, especially in the early ones. You know, with like, if you do this, this will happen to you. Ha ha ha. And, you know, some really cheesy joke by the Crypt Keeper at the end. But the trade itself really picks up the further it goes and becomes much closer to the horror comics that we all know and love. It's got a much more morbid sense of humor and a little bit more than just like what if somebody did something really bad to someone in in the family or something anyway i mean i enjoyed it future volumes are probably going to be even better it's a super great way to collect these stories i think they've been previously from hardcovers from um dark horse for i think 50 dollars a volume so getting them for 20 dollars or under is really great and so it's a nice way to have these uh really historic important series collected okay on one more I read on DC Universe is Titans, Titans United. That is the title. What? Okay. Yeah. It is actually older than Titans United. Uh, it has six volumes so far. And from what I've read, it starts off again, like, probably where the last one left off. Mm -hmm. But compared to the new one, it's a little bit mediocre. It's definitely getting better. But uh, just doesn't seem as good. The art isn't as good. It's definitely improving, but and I would suggest checking it out, like, but not like buying the volume shit because they're not worth like right. Knowing. Yeah, not well, good. you know, if you if you can do it digitally, like I said, it's yeah. pretty pretty cheap. It's under eight bucks a month. Yeah, so, check yeah. it out if you can, but don't like buy it. It's not worth. It. There you go. Uh, my last couple are going to be manga, and I think Jack may have not read them recently, but I'm pretty sure he's read both of them. Uh, so the first one is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Volume 1, Golden Wind by uh, Araki Sensei. And this is put out by Viz Media and they have really nice hardcovers. So um, I only have really one gripe about this. And I don't want to say anything super negative, but I'm going to go ahead and point this out. I really like Viz Comics. They do a great job of uh, getting Japanese comics out. For American readership and probably elsewhere as well. They have some of my favorite properties. They usually package stuff really nicely. My big gripe with JoJo's is the animes are completed in English and up to view well before the stuff is hitting the manga. Yeah. Uh, I think most of us prefer to read stuff first if we can yeah. because I, I really think it takes away from the experience when you're reading it and you basically already know the complete story because you've watched the series. Mm -hmm. And I know you could easily say, well, don't watch it. Well, you know your brother Henry. Yeah. JoJo's comes out, we're going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a bonding time with my child. I just wish there was a way that the manga could come out a little faster. Yeah, because, like, Japan's already at part nine now. Yeah, so they're yeah. like... And, like, this is literally just the first volume. Yeah. Um, I, that said, I will say this volume is uh, also already up on the Shonen Jump app. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you wanted to try it out, it's up for the $2 a month, as I always point out. But, I don't know, Araki Sensei's art is so great that it's nice to own a hardcover just to really look at it in depth and take your time and spend with it. Yep. So, that said, let's get into it. So we're in Italy, and Jotaro, who was in parts three and four, has sent Koichi to track down Dio, and Dio is the big bad of one and three, because I don't think we've talked about JoJo's on the show before. Um, 
Dio's possible son. So he's looking in for Dio's possible son in Italy. Um, so in an endnote, it was interesting. Araki Sensei mentions J in Italian is pronounced as H. So that's why we get Giano Giovanni mm -hmm. as our first uh, G protagonist instead of J protagonist. Because so far in JoJo's, every time you have a main character, it's going to be Josuke, Jotaro, Jonathan, Joseph. It's always a J. So this is our first G character. But it sounds like J, even though it's written with a G. So like in the previous two parts, uh, stands are how we have our kind of our powers or what have you. Uh, long story short, Giano, Giorno, I can't even say it, has got a bit of pops in him. So he kind of is a side hustle going on where he like rips off people at the airport and he's aspiring to join the mafia. He wants to be in the mafia though for a good reason because he wants to stop the drug trade from uh, getting in the hands of children in his neighborhood. So he's not totally bad, I guess. Even though it's a lot different than previous parts of JoJo, I thoroughly enjoyed the anime, and I would say I really think the comic is is great as well. Rocky's a great storyteller, and he's a, one of the best artists going. The volumes are 20 bucks, but like I say, if you want to read them cheap, $2 a month will give you uh, the reading on the app, regardless however you want to consume it, whether it's the anime, the manga online or the manga in your hand, I always recommend uh, JoJo's. Yep. Okay. Uh, my final one I've read off the DC app is Teen Titans 2003. This is probably my favorite Teen Titans series I've read. Uh, it's very good. It, it mentions the other series, but not to the point where like you have to read them. Uh, it's pretty fast-paced, but like, good. Like, it isn't like feel too rushed. Uh, it has like a hundred or so volumes. It starts off strong. Like very strong. By the third volume, Slade is already attacking the Titans. And he's already broken like Kid Flash's leg. Nice. They're already like... It's very good. I highly recommend it if you haven't read. Yeah. So this... Which series was this again? Ten Titans 2003. Okay. Well, that's one I need to check out. Um... All right, my last thing up, we're going to talk about Mashal Volume 2. Uh, actually, even though I have the physical volume of this, I read it through the Shonen app. And uh, Volume 2 covers chapters 9 through 17. And this is written by mangaka and drawn by mangaka Hajime Komoto. And Back Matter says, In the midst of a battle with a chosen magic user graced with two marks... Because, like, you can tell how strong a magic user is by the marks they have. Like, everybody basically has, like, one. Mashal makes a shocking discovery about his opponent. Then more trouble is on the way when Mash's dorm, Adler, is paired with Lang, a dorm full of bad characters for outdoor activities. Now Mash is caught in a fight for coins and the pride of his dorm. I don't know what to say about Mashal. It's one of the funniest and clever manga's going today. You think it's a straight-up send-up of Harry Potter, and while it has some of that, you know, the competing dorms, the kind of covert society trying to take over, it's just more than that. It's really fun. There's this one thing they're showing him try to cook, and every time he cooks something, it turns into a cream puff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, that's supposed to be like a bowl of soup. And while he, they'll say, do it again, and he does it again, and it still makes a cream puff. So there's always cream puff jokes. Uh, 
there's always jokes about how the fact that he doesn't really know magic. He's just so strong that he can take out any magical source. So, Mashal's a lot of fun. And have you read this one, Jack? Yes, I have. I re- reread it recently. Yeah. yeah. So, I think Mashal's definitely one worth checking out and one I would highly recommend. So, you can read it on the app, read it chapter by chapter, or it's in print for $9.99 from Viz Media. Mm-hmm. So, last thing I wanted to do, and I've been meaning to do this on previous episodes, and I wanted to make sure to do it today, and that's to give uh, some thanks and shout-outs to some of the people on Twitter who have either liked or retweeted episodes. So I'd like to thank the Checkered Past Podcast, BK on the Air, Weird War Pod, Max Reads Comics, Teal Productions, and Bronze Age Babies. So any support we get out there, I really appreciate it. I really want to especially thank Max and Weird Warpod. They said some really nice things. Jack and I started this up as kind of a thing to do together. And the fact that anybody's listening and enjoys it means a lot. So thank you. Thanks a bunch. Okay. Last thing I would say, if you want to reach out to us, you talk comics, talk manga, talk whatever. Uh, the two of us are at 21st Century Boys on Twitter. And that's 21STSE21. S-T-C-E-N, boys. I'm at I was Joe, And I am at in garlic. So, once again, thanks for listening today. Everybody, have a good night. Good night.